0: welcome to the hunters quest podcast this is your host and yes my name is hunter but this is our quest hey what's up everybody and welcome back to the show Glad to be with you, and if you're listening on Sunday, happy 4th of July. God bless America. Um, thank you so much for your support. Thanks for being here. And uh, today I got a really cool show for you. Um, I'm with Dan from Two Vets Sporting Goods. He's the owner of Two Vets Sporting Goods. Well, actually, now it's Two Vets Tripods. They just changed the name. So, as the name suggests, they are makers of high-quality carbon fiber tripods um, for the PRS shooting world, as well as for backcountry hunters, and um, I kind of found uh, two vets on social media and did some research and ended up getting one of their No Name Junior tripods, uh, for Christmas actually, um, to use for hunting. And uh, so I got the product and I was really happy with it. Uh, It's really lightweight, really sturdy, uh, well made, and the customer service over there is awesome. So, um, but um, it did not have an integrated center column for like height adjustments on it. Luckily, you know, at its lowest setting, it just kind of worked for me shooting from the seated position. But um, I was kind of hoping you know, that it had a little more adjustability. So I actually messaged Dan, um, and asked him about it. And he said, they didn't currently have a product like that. Um, but anyway, so we, we kind of started talking and it turns out two vets is actually one of the first companies that actually started working with me when I started the podcast, um, as kind of a partner. So I do some, um, some content creation for them. I, you know, provide some, um, marketing images and stuff like that. And, um, but they were, like I said, one of the first companies that said, hey, we believe in what you're doing and we want to work with you. So, um, so yeah, if you are in the market for a tripod, um, definitely look at 2VETS tripods. And I do have a code HQ5. You can save 5% on a tripod. And again, they're just ultra high quality, really good tripods. And anyway, so back to the story. So um, a few, you know, we started talking a little more and and I told him more about kind of my interest in a product similar to the no name junior, but with that integrated center column and we started working together. Then a few months later, um, I came home and there was a box on my front door and I opened it up and what do you know? It was a no name junior tripod, uh, basically with an integrated adjustable center column. Um, and it's just perfect for, um, for backcountry hunting, he was able to retain the same weight as the no name junior, but still integrate the center column. So it's, um, it's under two and a half pounds, I believe, or like right at two and a half pounds, um, super sturdy, um, rugged. And, uh, it's, it's really perfect. So I'm going to be running that tripod, um, you know, in with me in Kodiak and Wyoming and all my backcountry trips, I'll be using it for filming as well as for shooting. It's not designed for filming necessarily, but I've tested it and it's, it's good enough for what I need to do. And it's just so light and sturdy that, uh, I'm going to be using it, uh, to kind of seamlessly go back and forth from shooting film and shooting bullets, hopefully. <laughs> so, um, anyway, um, that the one he sent me was a prototype, but, um, It, you know, we worked a little bit on prototyping it. Um, you know, I think we made a few minor tweaks, but it was basically there. And uh, then uh, Dan gave me actually the honor of being able to name this new tripod, which was really cool. Um, so he wanted something that was kind of a military theme type of name. Um, so I kind of brainstormed some ideas and came up with the Ruck because. You know, rucking, which basically just means carrying heavy weight around in your backpack, is a military term, um, but it's something that a lot of us are very familiar with who are training for the backcountry. And if you're a backcountry hunter, you end up basically hiking around with weight on your back most of the time. So that's why we went with the ruck, because this is a perfect backcountry hunting tripod and uh, just seemed to fit. So. It was really cool to be able to work with Dan on prototyping this product, developing it, and getting to name it. So um, definitely go check out uh, Two Vets Tripods. They also sell ball heads, um, and he also works with Triclops, sells rifle saddles, which are a uh, really good add-on to your tripod. And, again, use that code HQ5. You'll save 5%, and you will help me out. So that would be a win-win, and I would appreciate that. So, yeah. Um, Anyway, before we jump into the episode, I have a few giveaways to, uh, to do real quick. So, um, let's see. As far as reviews go on Apple, thank you guys so much. Um, I'm almost up to 200 uh, ratings on Apple, so please help me out. If you have not gone on there, it literally takes like one and a half seconds just to tap a star rating. Um and just help me out, guys. Like, let's blow that up. Uh, it really helps me to get up on the algorithm and get found. So, if you have not, please just go to Apple and hit me a five-star review. It takes no time at all. If you really like what we're doing, you can even leave me a written review, and that's how um, another way that people can find me. It's very helpful. Um, it just takes a few seconds of your time. So please help me blow that thing up, guys. Just just go in there if you haven't yet. Leave me a rating and review. And I'm still uh, sending out free uh, decals for the show to people who leave me those five-star reviews. So if you are listening, Hunter717, Poker Race 7 Outlaw41, and Pete Paulson... Go ahead and send me an email to hunter at this is hunters or you can just DM me um, at this is hunters and give me your shipping info and I will get out some decals to you ASAP and again I really appreciate y'all support please subscribe and again word of mouth is you know the old-fashioned but still the best way to get the the show out so please share share the show on your story on instagram on your other social media on facebook go to my facebook page like the facebook page um and share you know share with your friends and family uh, that might benefit from this show so um So yeah, um, let's see, next, okay, I did say a while ago that once I reached my first 50 subscribers on the YouTube channel, I would give out a hat to somebody, and so... I'm gonna do that because I do what I say I'm gonna do, and I'm up to like I think 57 subscribers. So again, if you have not gone over to YouTube and ch- and checked out my content, please do that and subscribe to the channel. I got another video that I'm gonna be dropping um, next week. This one's gonna be about the backcountry food um, that I talked about a little bit in the gear dump video, and um, so there's some cool stuff in there. But um, Jeremy F. Broken Heart Hunter, Bow Hunter Billy, and Wannabe Hunter Podcast left me comments on the first video, so um, reach out to me guys, the first one or two of y'all that reach out to me and send me your shipping info, I will send you a free hat, as I said I would, Um, and maybe more than that if I'm feeling generous, we'll see, but Jeremy F. Broken Heart Hunter, Bow Hunter Billy and Wannabe Hunter Podcast. Thank you for liking, subscribing, and commenting. And get me your shipping info, and you will get a Hunter's Quest Podcast hat in the mail. Um, all right. So, almost done with that stuff, guys. Um, I did want to mention a verse that stood out to me this week that kind of went along with this episode. Um, you know, so Dan. Again, I thought this was a good episode for 4th of July because, as the name suggests, Two Vets Tripods is veteran-owned uh, and operated. Um, Dan was on uh, at least one or two, I think, deployments. We talked about it in the episode. I can't remember. But um, he definitely went on at least one deployment um, to the Middle East. Um, and served so we want to thank him for his service I do want to thank all the other veterans out there for your service and um, you know I thought this was a really fitting episode uh, being a Danza veteran and it's a gun company and you know our second amendment rights are so important to all of us and um, our you know right to bear arms is what uh, got us the status of you know the free nation that we are today so we don't want to forget that and uh, also you know Ultimately, our freedom ultimately lies in our relationship to God uh, through Jesus. But, you know, we also really enjoy the uh, religious freedom, freedom of speech, and all the other freedoms we enjoy in this great country. So, again, God bless America. Enjoy this episode. And, you know, Dan is an entrepreneur. So, as I was going through my uh, spiritual disciplines and my spiritual fitness program this week, I came across Proverbs 15. Versus 16 and 17. And to give you a little context here, also, um, I'm doing this founder speaker series thing that Heather Kelly is putting on. Uh, you may have seen some of it on social media. Just some really good entrepreneur um, in the outdoor industry. Uh, guys and gals got together and have been doing presentations um, to kind of help other entrepreneurs like me who are starting out. And uh, this week we got to hear from Brian Call from Gritty, um, which was amazing to get to hear his story and some tips from him. Uh, He's a really cool guy. I'm sure most of you've heard of Brian Call. Uh, If you haven't, check out the Gritty podcast and his YouTube content as well. It's amazing. Um, But one of the things he said when he was talking about, you know kind of chasing after his dreams and and going all in on his, uh, you know, career in the outdoor industry. Uh, he said he heard a quote from somebody he said, um, that really resonated with him and it resonated with me a lot and something I've heard before, but, um, would you rather be crying in a Porsche or happy laughing in a Camry? So that resonated with me and I know, you know, that's how I live my life. I'm, you know, okay. (laughs) I'm not a money chaser. You know, Dan Staten said back in the episode with him, I'm not a money chaser. I'm a time chaser. Um, you know, I want to do the things I want to do. I want to chase my dreams. I want to spend time with family. I want to do the things I love. You know, I don't care if I'm bringing in six, seven figures or whatever. Um, so I would rather be laughing and happy in a Camry than crying in a Porsche. And, um, as I was going through Proverbs, um, a verse stuck out that kind of almost sounded similar, which is uh, Proverbs 15, 16, and 17. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. So, you know, a lot of these awesome concepts in the personal development world are biblical concepts that have been borrowed. Um, so, you know, that that pretty much says it right there. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it, and how true that is in our lives. So, you know, I just want to encourage you, go for your dreams, you know. Um obviously is anything we want to be balanced, but you know, life is about so much more than how much cheddar you can accumulate and how many toys you can buy. So um just remember that as you're going through your day-to-day life and um so anyway that inspired me um I'm going to keep chasing my dreams going to keep going for it um you know please keep me in prayer um as I continue with this and try to put out content that is helpful and inspirational and educational for you guys um again keep those reviews coming in check out my uh YouTube channel for more stuff coming out this week and uh yeah, appreciate y'all's support. I appreciate you being here so much. Um, last thing I want to mention, I know this is a long intro, but the last thing I do want to mention is uh me and Dan from Two vets Tripods are going to team up and give away a Ruck tripod. Um I think it's you know it's a really nice giveaway. Um so we are going to do that. I haven't figured out exactly how I want to structure it yet. Um, so, be on the lookout for that on my social media at The Hunter's Quest and uh, for all the details on that. But we are going to be giving away a Ruck tripod, so keep your eye out for that. Um, all right, guys, that is it. So, I will now stop talking and we can jump into this conversation with Dan from Two Bets Tripods. <laughs> Welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. This is your host, Hunter, and I'm here with my buddy, Dan, who is the owner of Two Vet Sporting Goods. Uh, They make just um, awesome, high-quality carbon fiber tripods, as well as uh, ball heads and just stuff for uh, long-range shooting, um, precision rifle stuff, um, as well as uh, for for backcountry hunting. So uh, thanks for coming on, man. How's it going?
1: Yeah, pretty good, man. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man. So, um, me and Dan kind of linked up a few months ago and been uh, working together a little bit and, um, but haven't really had much of a chance to kind of get to know you, man. So, um, I know as the name suggests, uh, two vets, sporting goods, you are a veteran and, um, yeah, we'd just love to hear a little bit about your story and, um, when, how, and why you, you joined the service and what your time in the military was like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, look forward to it. Um, You know, back in 2008, I, uh, you know, I basically out of high school realized that I wanted to uh, do something with my life and serve the country. So I ended up uh, pretty much walking into a recruiter's office and just told them, hey, you know, sign me up. I don't really care what I do, where I go. Um, It's something that I want to do. I was, you know, pretty influenced from my cousin who was an army ranger, uh, did a bunch of time first invasion in Iraq. Um, and I really just kind of, you know, I wanted to serve my country at the end of the day. So, uh, 2008, I joined the Marine Corps, uh, went in as a 3521 motor team mechanic, uh, served four years. I did a deployment to Afghanistan and then, uh, kind of came back from there. You know, when I got out in 2012, uh, came back to New York and, uh, you know, just kind of started getting more involved with guns. Um, precision rifle shooting was kind of my gateway drug into the shooting industry. Um, from there, it just kind of progressed and uh, started Two Vets Sporting Goods in early of 2018
0: and just been going at it since. Yeah, man. So, so okay. So you were, you said a mechanic in the Marine Corps, right? Correct. Motor team mechanic. Okay. So, what kind of stuff were you working on?
1: Uh, humvees, seven tons. Um, that was that was pretty much the extent of what we were doing. I was in a you know a smaller mechanic shop, so I can't say I got to do everything to the full best of my ability, but I did get to turn some wrenches and uh, play with some humvees and seven tons, and and enjoyed it.
0: You know, yeah. what was it like being in Afghanistan?
1: Very different. Um, it was different, and I think at the end of the day. The hardest part about being in the military and deploying is, you know, you you leave everything, you know, and you go somewhere, you go somewhere new and you, you're really there with your brothers. Um, And then, you know, your, your brothers and the people you're around are what make the best of it. I, uh, you know, I always used to tell everybody, you know, I spent eight months and seven days in the worst, worst place on the planet um it was the worst eight months of my life but the best accumulative seven days of my life um and i really did i I met some great people i met you know i I have some really good friends and it's been a, a great opportunity to serve with those guys and you know come back and still have communications and make sure everybody's doing good and see where they're going with their life
0: yeah so what like what why was it the worst eight months of your life
1: just a cumulative. it's uh you know 120 degree heat isn't really something that is the most <laughs> fun thing in the world um but it was it was a dry heat and you know just just the experience of being different in a different country i mean it's not every day is not the best day in the world um, yeah. things happen you know, and
0: it's just um and it's not like a vacation like you're in a war zone so
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah definitely <laughs> it, it's not a vacation um <laughs> y- you know i always I always used to tell people, I mean, you deploy and you, you know, you're over there and you try to keep communication with everybody back here, and the world keeps moving back here and it just keeps going. And, and the world nowadays is just moving at such a fast pace that, you know, when you get a letter from back home, you, you want to write that letter and you want to send it back as soon as you can um, to hear back. And, you know, the reality of it is, is, well, everybody's, you know, back where they're, you know, where they were raised or born or spending their lives. And you're in another country, their world's more, moving a little bit faster than yours. So, you know, writing a, you know, they don't get a letter and write a letter back, you know, super fast. So right. they're waiting and, and to you, it you know it feels like it drives and to them, it might just, you know, fly right by and then they send a letter out a week later. But um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a different experience, you know, but it's definitely, it's made me grateful for a lot of things that I didn't appreciate when I was younger.
0: So um, yeah,
1: I think that was probably one of the best things that I, I took out of that experience.
0: Yeah, man, you were talking before we started recording and we had like some audio issues so I didn't get the chance to ask you, but you were saying, how, you know, going through those low moments in your life, like I was telling you about my history of addiction and stuff like that, how, um, you know, basically you don't become the person you're meant to be without hitting those low moments. So like, I don't know what, like, did, have you had that, those kind of low moments or what's, what's been your like low moment that's kind of defined you? Um, You know,
1: I think, <laughs> I think for me i can't say i've ever been like homeless or anything like that um you you know to that extent but i've been to the point in my life where you know i've struggled you know trying to figure out where i'm gonna you know get my money to pay rent or get my money to um you know pay my car bill or my insurance and at the end of the day you know i guess one of the better traits that came out of me coming out of the Marine Corps is, is I've, I've always learned to hustle and no, is not an option for me. Um, it's always something that, you know, I've had my back against the wall. I've had to figure things out. Um, and through that time, I made it happen. And I've realized that, you know, if you struggle and you, you know, you're at your lowest point in your life, like you, you never thought you would ever be there. And you look at it And then you, you defeat that, that obstacle. You say, Hey, you know what? I was, I I didn't know how I was going to eat or I didn't know how I was going to, you know, pay my bills or pay any of this. And you do it and you achieve it. It really makes you a hustler in my opinion, because at the end of the day, you've been to your lowest point and you say, I can, I I can, I can overcome this. And I still, I face those daily to this day. You know, I, I wake up, every single morning as a business owner and i say you know what yesterday we did a pretty good job but how can i do better today how can i be better at what i was doing yesterday like how can i squeeze out that one ounce of of being a better business owner or communicating better to my customers or listening to the feedback better because that that type of stuff is important to me
0: you know mm-hmm. yeah so what do you think is like the most important um tool or or thing that you've learned to to help you continue to achieve and not quit and like say you know no is not an option you know i think the
1: thing for me is is just it's just knowing that i'm capable of doing whatever i set my mind to whether i think i can do it or not and i've been in a lot of positions you know for instance you know, two and a half years ago, I was in a lower point of my life where I wasn't physically happy with myself. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't obese or I wasn't, you know, I just I wanted to be fit. I wanted to be in better shape. And I looked at that and I used it as drive. Um, I went to the gym and I said, you know, I, I'd, I'd go to a machine and I'd put on a weight and then, you know, I'd look at the weight and I go, there's no way I'm going to be able to do 10 of these. And then before I'd start, I go, you know, what? I'm doing 10. And. Yeah through that i do ten I, I would i would push my body and my mind further than i thought i could mm-hmm. and the reality of it is, is if you tell yourself that you're going to do something and you truly try you will be able to achieve it but if you have an inkling of a doubt and you put that in your body and you go you know what you're you're nine and a quarter and you go oh i just can't do it you it it doesn't make you any better of a person smashing those goals makes you a better person you know giving up and you know and just saying well I just can't do it doesn't make you a better person so I think that tool there is you know realizing that my mind is very strong and that I can tell myself that I'm going to do something and I can achieve it whether I think I can do it or not is super important so my mind is ultimately the best you know the best asset of what I've uh, acquired through time
0: yeah absolutely my mindset is so huge it's like it, it's it's always funny that like the last rep of something you do is always like the hardest and that's oh. just because your mind knows okay this is the last one you know <laughs> and we're all capable of like so much more than we think we are like there's that i can't remember if it's like the 40 or 60 percent rule or whatever but it's like you go to like you're done in your mind and you really have like 40 percent left
1: correct and, you know for me especially lately and through time I've listened to a lot of um, what I would call motivational speakers not in sometimes when I'm in my office or in the shop or whatever I'll, I'll turn on a motivational speaker and I'll listen to you know Arnold Schwarzenegger or Mark Cuban or or any of these guys that have been to the you know the truest lows of their lives mm-hmm. and they're successful because they didn't take no as an answer they said you know what there's 24 hours of Arnold Schwarzenegger, he goes, you know, it's 24 hours in a day. You can sleep six hours in a day. But all that other time, you know, you work your normal job and you say you still have eight hours left. Then you take two hours and you educate yourself. And then you take another two hours and you physically make yourself better. And then you take another two hours and you push harder at your business. And and essentially what he was getting at is, is that at the end of the day, There's so we have a lot of time, but we become comfortable with not putting in the effort to get Mm -hmm. where we want to go. You know, for me as a business, I've done what I never thought would be possible for myself. I I started a business. I mean, looking back at my childhood Mm -hmm. and what kind of kid I was to where I am now, you know, I'm proud of myself to get to where I am. And I never thought I was this type of person, you know.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, <clears throat> do you think that, um, some of the lessons are like, did you learn anything about like leadership in your time in the military that has like spilled over into running a business? Cause I know, you know, I- even, even with like, um, physical challenges or physical adventures, um, in a lot of ways are similar to entrepreneurship. And so like, have you seen any carryover, uh, you know, from your time in the military? Yeah. I mean, for
1: me, a lot of it's been mental. Um, a lot of what I do is it's it's very mentally exhausting. I've had to learn a lot of things that I never thought I would be capable of learning. I mean, when I went through school, I was a solid like C student. I was not an A student. I wasn't a B student. I mean, it, I just I didn't I didn't I had a lot of learning disabilities. Like I had ADD and ADHD. And it, I mean, that can be thrown around. 16,000 different ways, and anybody can perceive it as what it wants. But I would read something, and then I would come back a half hour later and I'd try to remember what I read, and I couldn't remember it. So, you know, and I'd, I'd read books and I'd read the first line all the way down to the 15th line. And when I was reading a line, I'd have to put a sheet of paper underneath that mm-hmm. line. So I one line at a time, and I wasn't mixing them between the two. So know through business i've had to learn a lot i've had to learn you know how to build a website how to talk to customers how to you know interact with customers Um, i've had to learn shipping and logistics i've had to learn financials i've had to learn you know managing money um there's a lot of it that you know that i had some traits that came through the marine corps of you know learning you know what we can spend what we can't spend you know shipping times logistics managing people i mean i'm not at a point yet where i'm managing people but i know what type of person i want to hire when i do hire somebody because i want to be a mentor to somebody i mean i didn't i didn't have a mentor in business to mentor me to say hey you know what your website looks great or hey you know your pictures are awesome or hey you should you know you should do this because this will make you a better business or you should ship this way because this way would be cheaper. I've, I've had to learn all that on my own and it's, it's been hard, but yeah, I never thought I had the mental capacity to do what I do now, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man, it's, <clears throat> it's such a cool uh, journey of just learning as you go. And it's like... <laughs> Uh, there's just so much more to it than you think when you start, but, and going back to the ADD thing, man, I mean, a lot of kids get labeled as that. And I was, you know, they diagnosed me with ADHD and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it can be challenging, but I heard someone say one time, like, it's only a pathology, like it's only a bad thing if you're forcing someone to sit in a chair or like on a desk for eight hours a day, but there's so many positives to it as well.
1: I mean, I. I'm not going to sit here and say education is the worst thing in the world because I don't, I don't believe in that, but I believe that, you know, I didn't go to college. Um, you know, a lot of my family members didn't go to college, but I think that if you set your mind to something and you have a goal in life that you can be just as successful or even more successful than somebody that does go to college, it's just, you know, for what I've done and what I've done in the past couple of years, I've, you know, I've worked from, you know, five o'clock in the morning to one o'clock at night and then go to bed, get four hours of sleep and wake up again. And that's, and when I first started business, that was, that was a constant. I mean, even still to this day, I mean, you can ask a lot of my customers on a Saturday or a Sunday or even a Monday night or any, any night after like normal working hours, they'll email me and they'll say, Hey man, you know, what's going on with this or, Hey, I got a question or, and I pick up that phone and I call my customers because at the end of the day, I, I'm very fortunate to wake up, and love what I do. I'm not no. one of those people that I step in my office and I hate my job. No, I step in my office and I'm, I mean, I'm grateful that I get to do what I do every single day. And, you know, and and to me, it's a service I get to give. I always say that the one thing that will never fail about my business is excellent customer service. I will always offer the best possible customer service that I possibly can to my customers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, uh, you know, I came to our friendship or relationship or whatever as, as a customer first, uh, I got the no name junior tripod for, for hunting, um, uh, for backcountry. I was looking for something super lightweight and, um, and yeah, I noticed that right off the bat, you're very responsive and good, great customer service. And I was like, uh, so anyway, um, and, and you said, going back to something you said earlier, um, that Arnold Schwarzenegger is talking about just like, How much time we have in the day and like redeeming that time and making sure you're not wasting it and, and being consistent and disciplined and putting in the work day after day. It's, it's, uh, it's so huge and just being able to be grateful and loving what you do and like, you know, living every day in alignment with your long-term goals and objectives, you know, just chipping away at it. Yeah. Yeah, I think. And if you look at a
1: lot of the successful people out there that, you know, the actors and stuff like that, I mean, if you look at their history, I mean, they've been in and out of jail. They've been in drugs and rehab and and all these other things. But the difference is, is they've put in every ounce of effort to get where they are today. And a lot of them are just they're they're cool dudes because of that. You know, like I I saw a thing, uh, the guy that plays Iron Man, who's that Robert? isn't it Robert Downey Jr. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a kid that had, um, I think he had like cancer, like really, really bad cancer, like not long to live. And, you know, he made a personal video for that kid. And, you know, you look at somebody that, you know, just kind of stepped into it and became famous because of something they did. They don't have the same response as the person that had the struggle, went all the way to the bottom of their life, worked their way all the way to the top. Like they're willing to acknowledge people that are, You know, whatever that have struggled in their lives or struggling now because they know what it's like to bet to to be
0: there. Yeah. Yeah, man. And everybody wants that quick, easy fix, you know, that tip or whatever, like do this and you'll, you know, be successful in six months or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, it really just takes grinding and, and showing up and doing the work every single day for a long time, you know?
1: Yeah. And I had, I mean, I had a friend of mine, he reached out to me and, uh, he, you know, he started kind of a business as kind of just like a side gig to make a little bit of money. And, uh, he messaged out to me. He's like, Hey man, my sucks. My stuff's been stuck in shipping for the last like two weeks. Like what's going on. I'm like, all right, you know, tell me what's up, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, he told me what's up and I, and I explained to him kind of how everything worked. So, and I said to him, I said, dude, if you ever need any help, feel free to reach out to me. I will be more than willing. And, I want to be. I mean, I want to be as much of a mentor to help anybody as I can, as as much as I can, because I didn't have that when I was coming up into business. And I mean, still this day, I mean, I have a pretty good support system, but I don't, I don't. I mean, I've I've had, I had a website through Shopify, and I uploaded like 200 products onto my website, and within 24 hours, and I mean, 200 products on Shopify takes quite some time to upload within. (laughs) 24 hours they shut my website down and they said you deal in gun accessories. And I told them, I said, I don't deal in guns though. Like that's that's not what I deal with. Yeah. Um, so long story short, they shut my website down. So like now I'll see somebody that's in business. And I'm like, listen, and it's not because I don't like Shopify. Shopify was a great, it was a great platform. But I tell them, I'm like, hey man, you might want to get away from that. And they're like, why? And I tell them about my story, and I kind of alleviate the issue of them having to go through what I went through because I don't want I don't want people to struggle I want everybody to be successful I want everybody to be happy with what they're doing and it's just it sucks that there's not people out there that are like you know trying to help the new people coming into business and you know hey this is this is the best you know processing company to use for your credit cards and hey this is the best way to ship stuff I'm learning it throughout the way and if I can help anybody that's in business that you know to give them a little bit of a you know a step up I'm willing to do it you know
0: yeah and dude that's so cool because that's I feel like that's that's one of the marks I see on successful like happy people is that they're willing to share and help other people um it's just it's so good I mean just look at like I always think of the illustration of like a body of water. like no matter how much inflow a body of water has, if there's no outflow, it's gonna be stagnant. It's gonna start to stink. but yep. um, how you stay fresh and like vibrant and alive is is you have plenty of inflow and then you're you know you're flushing out the other end, you're helping other people, you're reaching out to other people and that's that's awesome, man. Um, so like did you do you think you got your? your love for for guns from the military or were you already kind of yes that
1: i mean when i was a kid um my dad had guns and like it, it really kind of freaked him out having him around kids and stuff like that and um so i didn't really get an opportunity to be raised around guns i didn't i didn't shoot a lot of guns i joined i joined the marine corps and then you know i got to shoot and i got to you know get behind some guns and then i got out And I still kind of followed that path. I went into a little bit of competitive pistol shooting. I did IDPA and USPA for a little while. um, And I really had fun with it. It was, it was an awesome sport, great group of guys. And it was, it was competitive, you know, and it, it really, to me, it was real world training because it transferred over to, you know, drawing a, drawing a pistol from concealment and how to protect yourself. And I think further education is huge when you're, you know, you're carrying a gun and you're going to protect yourself or somebody else. Um, and then I got a friend of mine that kind of got me involved in long range precision shooting. So I didn't, I didn't start with guns early on in my life. I kind of, was a little bit later in life that really, I, I got to experience, you know, rifles and pistols and stuff like that. But, um, I, I would say probably like a good solid year after being on the Marine Corps that I really started to get involved with, you know, precision rifle and, and and hunting and stuff like that. So,
0: yeah. So what, like, well, how did you make that transition or like what made you want to make that transition from just shooting kind of getting into it for fun and then like, Hey, like I'm going to start a business.
1: Honestly, um, you know, I, I met a great group of guys out near me. Um, so we're up in the Northeast and there's there really, when I was at it, it was more club level matches and stuff like that. And, uh, it's, it's progressed in the last couple of years to now it's a PRS regional series up here. Um, but you know, I met, I met these guys and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I really fell in love with the sport and I wanted to learn more. So, you know, I just, I was like, you know what, I probably should start learning about this. And, and as kind of funny as it sounds, I didn't want to pay retail. I was like, you know what, I don't, I don't really want to pay retail for stuff. <laughs> I'd really like to get involved. I know it's kind of hilarious too. Um, <clears throat> I was like, you know, I really want to, I really want to get involved more in the sport. So, two Vet sporting goods started out with me and another partner and um we were like you know we're gonna we're gonna sell optics we're gonna sell you know chassis bags accessories and that's what kind of started out two vets sporting goods was you know we we started dealing in optics and all those other stuff so
0: so it's kind of like you wanted to uh this, well, I hate to make a drug dealer reference, but it's like you want to no. <laughs> you want to be like using off your own supply kind of thing, like supporting your habit. <laughs> so yeah, supporting your habit. I mean, who
1: doesn't who doesn't shoot and is like, you know what? If I could do anything to kind of
0: you know curve
1: the you know curve the the cost, and I would I would do that. So.
0: <laughs> Yeah, man. So then so then when did you like make the jump into kind of specializing in tripods and uh, and start and start kind of jumping into like where the business is now?
1: Yeah. So, you know, first, first things first, I mean, we started out with two vets and obviously it's the name is two vets as it was two veterans. It was a Marine Corps veteran, me and my buddy who was in the army um through that time we had two different visions of which ways we wanted to go so we both kind of separated ways he wanted to do more of like the ffl mom and pop shop and i wanted to push more into the precision world and he wasn't really too interested in that so that's that's kind of how that came about um Mm -hmm. but as far as moving into tripods um you know early on like when I first got involved in a shooting, I won't, I won't name what company it was, but I, I purchased a tripod, a ball head and a, in a saddle. And it was, you know, it was, um, it was sold as a carbon fiber tripod. And I got the setup and, you know, I was shooting out here, I was shooting PRS out here. And I was like, you know, every time I threw the thing in my pack, I'm like, holy cow, man. I'm like, this thing's like 10 pounds. I'm like, this is insane. And it was, it was, it's a pretty popular tripod. Um, and I'm like, this is just, this is nuts. There's got to be a better option. So, you know, through that time, it's always kind of stuck in my head. And I saw kind of more and more that, you know, tripods were becoming more popular in the shooting community. So through that time, um, you know, I was like, it kind of stuck back in the back of my mind and I'm like, you know, and then I started chopping off for tripods and I'm like, I'm looking at tripods. I'm looking at one that's $1,300 and then I'm looking at one mm. that's a hundred dollars. And then I'm looking at ones that are $600. And I'm like, really? I'm like, this is, this is nuts, man. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. There's this, there's no real good option for a customer out there where they're not, they're not going so cheap that the stuff breaks, but they're not spending so much money that it's the cost of a mortgage payment. Um, <laughs> And that's the truth man who's got who's got you know 1300 to throw out a tripod?
0: yeah
1: um so yeah so about two years ago i started you know kind of we started doing some you know r d and and really kind of working with some manufacturers to get tripods and um you know we came up you know we first launched the noni and uh the nonium was a huge hit i mean it's super lightweight uh was a really good hybrid tripod for you know hunting and prs Something that you could, you know, pretty much jack of all trades is what I call it. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing about that is, is that was our first tripod and we we're getting, we we're testing it. Everything was good. And I was trying to come up with a name with it. And I'm like, I'm trying to think of it. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't really have anything. So I was like, you know, what? we're just going to call it the note name. So <laughs> literally that's how that, that tripod came about. It's because I couldn't think of a name for it. So it was pretty funny.
0: That is funny, man. Um, so yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> I was just actually on your website, um, looking at the no name. Um, so I lost my train of thought. Um, that's okay. Um, obviously going to edit this out, but oh gosh, <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. I like was just Googling uh, the no name cause I wanted to see what it weighed. Um, so yeah, so you see a lot of, um, like you said, tripods are getting more and more popular in the PRS world, but also uh, for hunting. And there's a lot of a lot of the big kind of name um, optics companies and um, other kind of hunting backcountry hunting specialized companies are yep. starting to produce tripods. And um, you know, for especially for guys who are Western hunters. It's huge to be able to have something that's quality, not only from a shooting rest standpoint, um, but also for you know to put your glass on. And obviously, you know guys like me who are living out of your backpack for a week, um, weight is a huge thing. And also having a product that's, like you said, a quality product, and like you said, not going to cost thirteen hundred bucks because, you know. the the price tags start getting up there when you really start getting into this like lightweight mountain stuff. And, and for a tripod, it's just like, you can't justify spending 1300 bucks. But, um, that's what drew me to the new no name junior, uh, which is kind of what I'm running now. Uh, I think it's only what two, just over two pounds. Is that right? Yeah. Two, six. Yeah. Two, six. And then, um, I know that we're kind of working together sort of prototyping a little bit, um a new sort of thing do you want to talk about that at all or
1: yeah yeah so you know through the last you know couple months we, we've obviously we've tried to gear some tripods towards the shooting and in- uh towards the hunting industry in particular you know lightweight compact stable um something that's not going to take up a whole lot of pack space so Originally, we started with the no-name junior, which the no-name junior is really good. It's a, a 2.3 without the center column, 2.6 with the center column. Um, in the center column, you can screw on top of it and run it with a center column, or you can unscrew it and run it without a center column. So it's really the user feedback. So through the time, we've kind of, you know, we're, we're huge on listening to what customers want. So Um, we, we came out with a kit, which the kit is ultimately a very good hybrid tripod. It's only about a pound heavier than the junior, um, gives you a taller max height and a little bit longer collapse, um, length, but you know, that's, that's a a pound heavier. So one of the things that some people wanted was they wanted the option to have a center column that stayed with the tripod that ran through the center of it, where, they didn't have to unscrew the top and screw the center column on which, so the prototype that we're obviously working on is is one that has a center column that goes through, which is basically, it's the junior with a center column that goes through it, allowing you the ability to, you know, not have to screw on or unscrew um, a center column to be able to work. But we've been able to keep that, that really lightweight of uh, 2.6 pounds um, and keep it, you know, fairly packable, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so Dan sent me this prototype the other day and it's awesome because actually the, you know, to be honest, like just recently getting into the, the tripod kind of world. Um, but, um, when, like I said, I started off as a customer and I ordered the, the no name junior. And then, um, I actually, I sent Dan a message on Instagram. I was like, Hey man, do you have one? Basically, do you have one that's what this prototype is. It's like, do you have one that has the center column that stays with the tripod? Like you were saying, and he's like, uh, you know, we're kind of working on stuff. We don't have one yet, but then basically just the other day, I get a surprise in the mail, which is basically what I was asking for. Um, so it's pretty cool to get my hands on it. But the cool thing about it is like you said, it's got that, um, you know, fully adjustable center column, um, that stays with the tripod. But somehow you were able to keep it the exact same weight as when I weighed it. I'm not on some kind of fancy NASA scale or anything, but when I weighed it, it weighed the same as the No Name Junior without the center column on it. So um, yeah. I was really impressed by that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's you know the, the the hunting industry is it's huge, you know, and I mean like the Junior, I mean only being $215. I mean, it, it. we try to keep a very cost affordable, packable, stable, lightweight option for the guys that have to pack and carry these things around for, you know, days on end because ounces, ounces does equal pounds, you know? Absolutely. So, um,
0: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. We'll keep an eye out guys for those. Um, I'm not sure when you, do you have any idea when you're planning to release that? No, no idea yet. I mean, so what we typically do is anytime we bring a tripod out of the market, I mean,
1: you know, I pretty much, we don't do lab testing. We'll put it that way. We, um, you know, it's not something that I say, send into a lab, hey, let's put, you know, 60 pounds worth of weight on this thing for 24 hours. Um, I do the good old know military testing so you know typically with our tripods any tripod it is we'll send it out to a lot of sniper school houses we'll send it out to guys that have a lot of feedback of running these tripods every single day Um, so if there is failures we know we know what to expect we know what to fix we know what to tweak so um, at the end of the day i think that's kind of what makes us a little bit different is is that it's we do different testing like i was i'll give you an example i was with a, a predator hunter and we were out taking photos and coyote hunting and stuff like that and i had, i had said to him i said have you seen my tripods and he goes he goes yeah i kind of heard about them he goes i heard they're really good i said oh yeah and it was it was probably about i don't know maybe eight inches of snow on the ground and i was like well let's go to the top of this tower and the tower was probably about 25 feet up in the air and um we went to the top of the tower and we're taking some photos and doing some shooting and stuff like that. And uh, we get ready to get down, and um, I go, he goes, "You want me to carry that down?" I go, "You've heard of my company, right?" And he goes, "Yeah." I go, "Okay." I took the tripod, closed it up, and threw it off the tower. <laughs> and, and he looked at me and he's like, "He's like, Are you crazy?" I'm like, yeah, slightly." Um, so, so we get down, and I pick up the tripod and hand it to her. I say, "Here you go, check it out." And he checked it out and he goes, uh, he goes, really? He goes, nothing's broke. I said, nope. I said, I go, I'm pretty confident in what we sell. So um, at the end of the day, we over test awesome. and, you know, we don't, we don't do your generic, you know, like I said, generic lab testing or anything like that. We believe in, you know, um, like even the junior, I sent it out to a friend of mine at Bridgeport for a sniper school. And I said, hey, you know, test it out. And he calls me back a week later and he goes, hey i go what's going on he goes i got i gotta tell you something i said well what's that and he goes uh i kind of had the tripod in my pack and i was like yeah and he's out in california and i'm like what happened and he's like well he's like it kind of fell down the side of a cliff like 30 feet and i was (laughs) like no he's like yeah he goes but it still works I was like, "Oh, cool! That's awesome!" And I go, "Typical jarheads trying to trying to break anything they can get their hands up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to uh, testing this thing out a little bit. I haven't been able to get it out yet. I just got it in the mail like two days ago, but I've played with it a little bit in my house and looking forward to getting out and shooting with it and giving you some feedback. But um, but yeah, man. Um, so just shifting gears a little bit, like, <clears throat> so for guys who maybe are newer at shooting off tripod, like, you know, yep. or just want to get like um, a little better at it or, or whatnot. Like, cause I know it is, you know, it is different. Um, Like what are some of your tips, I guess, that you've learned from just your time, like shooting in the PRS world, like tips for not only <clears throat> improving, like shooting off tripods specifically, but also just kind of your long range kind of shooting tips that you'd have for guys.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I'm not going to say here by any stretch and say that I'm a pro, but I'm a, I'm a pretty, you know, decent shooter off of a tripod, especially at being what I do. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people carry a tripod around. They're super comfortable carrying a tripod, but they don't put the time in of shooting off of a tripod. So, you know, a tripod is obviously another positional shooting position um, to say it best, but if you don't put in the practical time to get behind it, to shoot off of it, to really, you know, dry fire, um, you know, live fire tests off of it and stuff like that, you're not, you're not going to get, you're not, you're not going to get very good at shooting off of a tripod. Um, sure. so the biggest, you know, the biggest thing that I can say is, is practice practice is practice makes perfect. And especially with as much as people, you know, lay behind the guns and do, um, you know, load development or prone shots out to a thousand yards, you know, tripods are one of those things that I explain it to people all the time. If you go on a hunt and you're hunting an animal and, and that tag costs you, let's say a tag costs you $500 to or 200 or even, you know, 5,000 at the end of the day, are you willing to miss a shot because you didn't take the time to get behind your tripod and spend the time right. and, you know, practice. So, Really what I found works best for me is if you take the two legs and you kick them to the rear, so they're facing you as a shooter, you put your one leg to the front, um, you get your gun on top of the tripod, you take your opposite shooting hand and you cross it under diagonally to the other leg. And you push into your stock and you pull ever so slightly. And what that'll do is because of the way the legs are constructed in these tripods, it'll actually bind and lock the legs of the tripod. So then you'll just be fighting the instability of the head. But I find that it gives you, I mean, you can take your arm and you can kind of kick your forearm a little bit up to rest your mag well on it or rest your stock on it. Um, You know, and that's, that's very good for, um, you know, flat shooting or lower angle shooting, you know, but if you're shooting, traversing up of a mountain, what you can do is two legs to the front, one to the rear, and you put a pillow on the back between the rear leg and the butt stock. And um, that way you can kind of stabilize it and adjust as need be. So you just twist the twist lock on the back leg to adjust your angle for, you know, shooting up steep inclines and stuff like that. So.
0: Mm. And then do you do much like, Cause probably, um, a lot of guys that are listening to this, like myself or hunting and stuff, um, are also going to want to use it like seated or kneeling. What about that? So seated and kneeling is, is
1: really where you're going to find the best. I mean, typically when we, you know, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a I'm not a backcountry hunter by any stretch of imagination. But I, you know, that's that's where I do take feedback from customers. That do this all the time. Like you know, like we've talked about before. If there's something you like to see changed or something that you want to see different, you know, we that's very important to us as a company to make sure that we're fitting the industry that we're trying to go after. Um, and not to get really off topic, but, you know, at the end of the day, we are a tripod company. We're not an optic company. We're not a camera company. We are a tripod company, and this is what we do. So we want it to be best suited for the shooting position. Mm -hmm. Um, But with that being said, yeah. So sitting high kneeling is where you're going to find the best stability of a tripod. Obviously the lower center of gravity, the better you're going to be able to get, um, I know with, you know, hunting out West, you've got tall brush and stuff like that. So obviously the lower center of gravity that you can keep that tripod, the best that you're going to be able to get out of it. And the closer that you keep it into itself, the the more stability you're going to get. You always want to run the larger tube diameters out first and then run your smaller tubes. So say you're you have a four twist lock tripod, you run your top leg, your first twist lock that big tube down, then your next twist lock that big tube down. You always want to run your larger tubes out first before you run the smaller out. Um, But yeah, I mean seated position and um, you know, seated and high kneeling is really good for tripod shooting um, at the end of the day, because probably what you guys are going to run most of the application for. So,
0: yeah, that's, that's where I do most of my practicing. And then, um, do you have a, a, a certain like saddle? Like for me, like I, you know, I looked at the different like mounting options and stuff. I know, like you said, you guys are yeah. a tripod company, but um, yep. I went with like a saddle style mounting system. I guess I'm probably not sure if I'm even using the right term. No, but that's, that's the right word. Yeah. Um, so because I wanted to be able to use it with a variety of different rifles and firearms. And, yep. uh, you know, also I have. I have a different bipod that I run that, um, the Spartan precision bipod. So, um, yep. do you recommend a certain saddle for use with your stuff?
1: So as far as saddles, um, we sell triclops. I really like them a lot. Yeah, um,
0: that's what I'm running.
1: I sell a lot of the solos, the solos, it, the easiest way to explain it is so typically when you buy the saddles from triclops, they don't include the arc plate on the bottom of the saddle. Um, when you purchase a, a saddle through us we don't mark them up we we put the plates on them because the last thing i want is the customer to get the saddle have a tripod have a ball head and say oh i don't have the plate and have to wait another four days yeah. so we include the plates the benefit of the solos are on the bottom of the solos there's two screws where you can screw the plate in so what happens is is that if you say you don't unlock your ball head and you try to pan left to right the Solo will not allow you to do that. So it won't allow the plate to loosen from the saddle. If you go with the mod two, if you you only have one screw, so if you try to traverse left and right and your ball heads locked, the plate will actually loosen from the saddle itself. So typically I recommend the Solo. Um, with that being said, I mean, in my opinion, the best option out there for shooting off of a tripod is to go direct mount to the ball head, to the leveling head, whatever head you're running on. Um, so Area 409 is a really good company. They make uh, four and a quarter Arca rails, which you can use, I believe, the first um the first action screw in front of your magwell, and then mm-hmm. you just drill one hole through the bottom and you reach recess the T-nut for the other screw and that will allow you to go direct mount into the ball head. So the way I explain it to everybody is is if most stocks are a contoured surface. No stock is perfectly square. So, if you put a contoured surface into a square vise and you close it up, you might get 50 to 60% point of contact. So, you're not going to get the best stability out of a saddle, but you get the option to, you know, you got a buddy that wants to shoot with his gun, yeah, he exactly. can do it. So, it, it's really it's really up to the, the user, but you know, typically I recommend if you said, Hey, you called me up and, um, you know, I got a dedicated hunting gun. I'm going to take this out with, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, I would say, Hey, let's, let's do a direct Mount Arca because that's going to be the best for you. And you're going to get the best stability out of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And ultimately, you know, like I said, I went with, um, a saddle setup because you know, um, the difference, just the difference between like, you know, the PRS world and the backcountry hunting world is, you know, I'm not going to be taking thousand yard shots, you know, and if I'm able to hit a six inch target at three, 400 yards, that's, that's enough for me, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, yeah, like I want to have that versatility, like you said of, oh, here, you know, throw my buddy, my tripod and he can just, you know, throw his gun in and use it. And, um, so I like that versatility, but, um, but absolutely, man. So other than, Yeah, other than practice, is there like one thing that you you could would recommend um just it sh- for long range shooting in general for that guys could implement that might uh, they might see some improvement? I mean, to me it, it it's it is it all it all boils down to
1: practice and in, in further further in your education. And I mean, I'm to a point now where I started like everybody else buying, you know, buying factory ammunition, which obviously that's a, that's a whole nother topic with how much factory (laughs) costs nowadays. Yeah. Uh, But I, I reload my own ammo. Uh, You know, I, I shoot my gun fairly consistent, Uh, you know, getting the same, getting behind the gun the same time, every time. I mean, modern day sniper is a really good educational tool that nowadays that you know, people can go on there, they can do, you know, they can do online education, they can attend their, their courses and stuff like that, and really help yourself further your shooting capabilities. Um, so there is a lot of stuff out there. I mean, I, I, I'm very fortunate in the, in the PRS world, like, you know, I'm going out to war rifles here in the next, uh, the end of this week, and I'm going to shoot a match out there. But I've, I've teamed up with a, a lot of guys that are pretty much professional shooters and what i'm going to go there to do is i'm going to go there to shoot but also when they're shooting i'm going to sit there and i'm going to watch them closely i'm going to watch Mm -hmm. how you know they mount that that barricade or how they you know get behind their gun every single time so i'm a very visual learner so what i recommend to anybody is is if you want to get better at shooting long range you know a it's practice and b it's education you know Mm -hmm. you know like i I have this coming up. I plan to go out to uh, max ordinate on California and do a high angle course out there. I'm going out to Texas to do a private class out there with a bunch of um, sniper guys. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, education is everything and And especially it's it's what you put into it. You know, if you're, if you have a dry fire training system and you sit in your house and you have a barricade and you practice dry firing at the end of the day, I think, um, there, if you practice dry firing, you know, on a barricade, when you go out in the woods, that might be you mounting on top of a tree. If you don't have time to deploy a tripod or anything like that. So all that training transfers over at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of guys probably don't take advantage of enough myself included is like you think well you know i can only really practice when i get out to the range but if you can get a snap cap especially right now with how like you said how hard ammo is to get and how expensive like i mean that's basically a free way of practicing and people, i don't feel like guys don't do that enough just dry fire practice
1: yeah and the dry fire training system i mean i've had one i have one in my office that you know when i when i get some downtime and i mean that's very rare but when i get downtime I mount my gun on a tripod and I sit here and I throw the dry fire training system up and I practice on it because at the end of the day, I'm not, you know, I I always had a point in my life where I went to these matches and I was so hard up on placing super good Like I I would beat myself up and now I've gotten to a point in life where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to this match. I'm going to practice. I'm going to shoot. If I don't do good, there's no point in me being upset because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm there and I'm furthering my education. I'm putting the practice and I'm putting the time and it it comes with time. And, you know, I used to like my friend, there's a, a really funny picture of me. I was out in Kentucky and I had a really bad match. It rained for two days straight, like straight up downpoured for two days. And there was mm-hmm. no tents or anything. So you were outside in it the whole time. And it was just absolutely 100% miserable. <laughs> but I look back at that and I go, you know what? I was there with my four buddies we had the time of our lives it was hilarious we had you know I, I learned some things and um yeah you know it's all what you take out of it i mean in the military i had i was stationed in 29 Palms, which is like the worst marine corps base i think any marine will attest to but <laughs> it, it is 120 in the summer 80 in the 80 in the winter i mean it's just it's miserable it's desolate desert but I took advantage of it. I built Jeeps and I did rock crawling and I really took advantage of my surroundings and I had fun being out there. And if I had the opportunity and they said, hey, if you want to go back to the Marine Corps, we'll put you out there. I say, OK, sign me up. I'll go back out. I don't really care. Yeah. You know, but you ask 95 percent of guys and they are like, "No, nah, dude, I hate that place. I'm like, I, I had time of my life out there. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's so good, man. Like that's that, like you're talking about being in the rain. That's that type two fun. It's like, it sucks in the moment, but looking back, it's like, Oh, that was awesome. You know? And uh, yeah.
1: Life is about experiences,
0: man. and, And what you take out of it. If you're,
1: if you're miserable 24, you know, if you're miserable 23 and 23 hours and 30 minutes out of that day, but you have, you have 30 minutes of best conversation with your hunting buddy and you, you guys talk about everything between life and guns and, you know, it's just really that bonding moment and that experience. Well, at the end of the day, you're going to look back at that. And instead of thinking, dude, we were so miserable, we were getting rained on, snowed on, you know, like I've been in enough positions in my life to, you know, I guess you kind of call it dark humor, but you look back and you laugh and you're like, dude, you remember we were so miserable, like we were getting rained on, but it was hilarious. Remember us talking about, you know, whatever. So yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, life is, and those experiences are all what you make of it. If you make it a fun time, it'll be a fun time. But if you're miserable, like, you know, like anybody in the military says, embrace the suck.
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah, look at, you know, look at the negatives as an opportunity for development and just stay positive. And that, that changes everything, man. And and like I said earlier, it's it's about the journey and being grateful for, you know, life and just enjoying the the process and the journey of it and not being so It's hard for guys that are competitive, you know, like us to be so results focused, like you said, that you're beating yourself up if you don't place or, you know, if you didn't accomplish whatever you set for yourself. I mean, yeah, it's important to have goals, but at the same time, you don't want to be so results focused that you, you know, miss the forest for the trees or whatever, you know, like you, you, you don't enjoy the process because you're just so obsessed with winning or whatever. So there's a balance there for sure, man
1: yeah yeah and i think i think at the end of the day you know a lot of a lot of experiences that you're going to have as a as what you guys do you know backcountry country hunting you're going to get rained on it's going to be crappy it's going to snow you know all those experiences but if you if you remember the good moments it, it's going to make your experiences better and like i think for me as a business you know like i tell everybody in and people can say what they want about it. But for me, it's not about the money that I make. I mean, I, I pretty much, you know, I, I barely pay myself for the time that I put in, but I think at the end of the day, you know, what makes me happy is, you know, hearing from that guy, Hey man, I was able to get this deer at 500 yards shooting off of your tripod. Like that's what makes it all worth it to me. It, it's, I look forward to those moments. You know, I look forward to, the guys where I was able to be part of the happiness that they had in their hunt or in their experience. I mean, that is, that's, yeah, man. there's nothing more to say about it besides, I mean, I, I, I wake up and it puts a smile on my face and I'm like, wow, that's awesome.
0: You know? Yeah, man. Just, just figuring out what you love and it's such a cliche, but you know, if you love what you do, you'll never be working, but it's so true. I mean, if you, if if money is your only motivator, I mean, yeah. that's you're not gonna live a, a rich life. Like living a rich life is is not just about what how much your paycheck is or how much you got in the bank. Living a rich life like is enjoying the process and loving what you do, man. So people need to figure out what they love and um, you know, figure out a way obviously you wanna be responsible and keep your family fed, but at the same time, like it's life is about more than, you know, how much is in your bank account, so
1: Yeah. And I've, and I've had, I mean, I can't say I'm very like super focus driven, but I've given up a lot to be in the position that I'm in. You know what I mean? I I've compromised a lot of my weekends and stuff like that. And I don't ever, that's, that's a choice that I make, but I do, I, I love what I do. And I think, you know, there is, it is, it is hard sometimes when you love what you do, you, you're so focused on it. It's like you guys out there hunting, you, you see that deer of a lifetime and all you want is you want to chase that deer, you know, and, and you have to have some type of self-control. And, and for me, it's uh it's been a fine compromise, you know, where I could work every single weekend and never feel like I'm working, but the people around me look at me and they're like, you're crazy. You're putting in, you know, 80, 90, hundred hours a week working, but it doesn't feel like that to me. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think there's you know, there's, there's a compromise that you have to make, but I mean, I love what I do and I'm very, very fortunate to, you know, be doing what I do. So.
0: Well, that's awesome, man. Well, this has been a great conversation. I've enjoyed it. Um, Is there anything else you want to kind of add before we kind of wrap it up? I think
1: that's it, man. And, and, you know, I encourage anybody. I mean, if, if anybody has any questions, you know, wants to know the best tripod, the best head for their application or, you know, anything, feel free to, to shoot us an email or give us a call. I mean, I'm, I'm always last thing I ever want is somebody to purchase something and be unhappy. And I always encourage people, if you have questions, call me, I will be happy to answer them. Tailor fit a tripod to you. I mean, just a quick thing. I mean, I, I had a customer, he called me up and he's like, Hey, I want a junior. And I'm like, what are you going to be doing? And he told me, he's like, I'm predator hunting. And I'm like, no, you don't want a junior. And I literally argued with this guy for like an hour on the phone. <laughs> uh, I was arguing with him and it was so funny because at the end of the day, he ended up buying the tripod I recommended. And, um, you know, he messaged me back like a week later and he's sending me all these pictures. And he's like, he's like, listen, man, he's like, I love this tripod. It's this the greatest thing ever. He's like, and I said, it was worth arguing with me now, wasn't it? And he's like, yeah, it was. So, you know, <laughs> I I'm, I'm one of those people. I won't, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I'll give you honesty. I'll help you out. I want you to be a happy customer at the end of the day. If you do decide to choose one of our tripods or you just want some information or you need to know how to shoot off of it better. um, I've had plenty of experiences where I've, you know, Hey, you got an iPhone, let's jump on a FaceTime real quick. I'll set a tripod up. I'll show you the best way to shoot off of it. So I think that's the thing that sets us apart and, you know, and, and we'll always, that experience will always be there for the customer if they want it. So, yeah. I don't like I said earlier. I think, I think those experiences in life and and being at your your all time lows, man. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, as stupid as it sounds, but I'm proud of you for oh, thanks, being, because of you know, your struggles. I think
0: appreciate it, dude.
1: Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and um, not a podcast. I was listening to YouTube, and one of the guys said you shouldn't be waiting for anybody to tell you that you're proud of you. You should know that you're proud of yourself. You should wake up in the morning and say, Hey man, I'm proud of you because you did this. And that's the God's honest truth, man. I'm proud of you for being where you are today because I appreciate you've, it. you've hit your loads, you know, and, oh, yeah. and you've turned into, you know, you've turned into who you are and that, and that's good. You're, you're trying to change people's lives and help them out. So.
0: Yeah, man. Well, it was, uh, it was good talking to you again to know you a little bit better yeah, I appreciate your time, man. Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, go ahead and check them out, guys. Two Vets Sporting Goods. Uh, they're on Instagram or their website. Uh, Dan is pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, I'm happy to help too um, if I can. And uh, we are going to be doing a giveaway. Um, so stick around after we finish here. I'll give you some details about that. And uh, yeah, thanks for your time, man. It's been uh, it's been fun catching up. Yeah, man, it was a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right, brother. Thanks again for listening to the Hunter's Quest podcast. And make sure you stay up to date on social media at The Hunter's Quest on Instagram and The Hunter's Quest Podcast on Facebook. And we'll have all kinds of photos and videos from my day to day as well as stuff from the awesome guests we're having on here as always i'm more than happy to connect with you guys if you have questions about hunting or spiritual stuff or gear fitness whatever just drop me a line in my dms or you can email me at hunter at this is if you like what you're hearing please go ahead and hit the subscribe button And leave me a rating and a review that's really helpful and don't forget to share with your friends so stay tuned lots of cool stuff in the works and I'm really excited to continue this quest together